Ollie, we went down to the Demons by 13 points in the end on Sunday in what was a close tussle throughout. What did you make of the loss? Yeah, 13 points against the final side. Melbourne has some pretty good players and they're obviously going to play finals for the first time in 11 years, which is great for them. But mm. we did push them, but it's hard to... Like, there's been a few times this year we've said, is this a missed opportunity or is it a, a good effort? Yeah. I think it's a, somewhere in between there because we definitely had our chances and some undisciplined acts at mm. times really cost us in that first quarter. There was some goals, um, yeah, which you don't want to see at all. Yeah. And Jesse Hogan coming back, I think that could have been handled differently. He kicked the six goals and just took the ground by the scruff of the neck and just completely dominated. And mm. I think coming back from a shoulder, there was a bit of talk after the game that we probably should have really bodied him early, really yeah. physical. That's so a, with that's the a young side, you, you're probably not thinking that. You're probably a bit intimidated by a big forward, but we probably mm. needed to do that and go to him early. But, yeah, he ended up getting on top and really dominated. He's just a, a super player. We all know that. But, yeah, the pleasing thing was we didn't get blown away and we really just fought hard and we reduced it to seven points yeah. with not long to go and well, every opportunity to snatch that and the way Melbourne's history has gone, you would have thought, yeah, the Demons could lose a game like that in this situation but yeah, they proved too good in the end but there was a lot of good signs to come out of it mm. again but yeah, it'd be disappointing we actually didn't get the win. I think you're right. At one stage, it did look bad. Like at the start of the fourth quarter, when Melbourne kicked two or three goals pretty quickly, you thought, here we go, they're going to get away. But to our credit, we pegged them back and got it within as close as seven at one point, but just couldn't. I said to someone today, it always felt like well, Melbourne just kept us an arm's length apart. Like we kept yeah. coming and coming, but they always seemed to just put the, their arm distance away from us and keep us at bay. But um, a really, really good performance, I think. Yeah, that sort of blitz in the fourth quarter was the difference. And even, obviously, Jesse Hogan kicking six goals was pretty crudal, but critical. But um, I thought Cam Pedersen kicking three goals was yeah. probably probably the main difference as that relief ruckman being yeah, able to hit the, the scoreboard was pretty crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, you spoke about some undisciplined acts, and I think what comes to my mind was Dane Beams and... Jeff Garlett, which was a bit of an interesting one because I was, yeah, at, it was bizarre. at the ground and sort of had no idea what inspired that reaction from Dane. But I think having watched a bit of footage, I think it's hard to tell, but it looks like, um, what's his name, Garlett actually hits beams below the belt. Bit of a low blow. Mm. Which, in, yeah, obviously incited that reaction from Dane. But, yeah, it wasn't ideal from the captain to give away what was effectively a seven-point play and, you know, a two-goal loss isn't isn't ideal. But other than that, Dane was pretty much faultless again, kicking three goals and racking up 33 touches in oh, he was a masterful performance. Oh, again, he's just a super player. Obviously, really out of character that play in the, in the first quarter but yeah if he, he got hit below the belt then mm. you're going to react in a pretty severe way so that's unfortunate if that's happened and it hasn't been picked up mm. by MRP so I think you know. it's like it's the only thing that I could really take from that unless he said something but it does look maybe like a sneaky low blow yeah 
Yeah, the, the commentators on on radio and TV thought the same thing. That it's like, what's going on here? What mm. sparked that? Because it was it was totally out of character. Yeah, for him to really fire up like that. But yeah, beams again. Like he almost could pinch. He's missed a few games, but he almost could pinch the best and fairest of Zorko. Just the way he's going, and just being able to rack up consistent thirty possession games and kick bags of coals. Like three goals this week. I think it was what, three goals again last week. Mm. Might have been four. But, um, yeah, any time you can have your captain kicking bags of goals. Like, he's, his season, like, his games are right up there with the greats of our it's, club. Like, it's an interesting one on the performances. I was looking at the AFL.com. They have a Brownlow predictor. And I think most of the season you would have thought Zorko would have been our runaway leader. But... Last weekend, the predictor had Beams up by one vote. And mm. after the weekend, he's a chance for maybe a three, but potentially a two and a, or a one. So, um, yeah, the BNF could be could be interesting. It seemed like a one-horse race for most of the year, but Beams putting some really high-quality games, especially towards the back end. Let's hopefully we can get him, you know, healthy, fit and firing all season next year combined with a fit and firing Rockcliffe would be pretty pretty handy. Um, oh, yeah. So we highlighted Beams. He, If we were doing our three two ones, he's probably, well, undoubtedly three for both of us. I'll start with the two. We'll start with yourself. Who would you have gone to? It's a tough one this week because other than Beams, there was no real standout. So I think we might have a bit of differing opinion here. Yeah, probably. I think oh, it's a tough one, but I'll go Zorko. Yeah, okay. 26 possessions, a goal. He probably did enough to get the, the two votes, but mm. yeah, there's a, a few you could choose from. But Rich was pretty good. Louis Taylor again, yeah, pretty yeah. good. Basti was okay, kicked the goal. Um, that on the four was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Someone that we he hasn't sort of... missed all season. He's been mm. absolute dead eye, and all of a sudden he just absolutely shanks that. It was very, very surprising to see that. Um, for my two, I went a bit left field. I actually went Josh Walker. I thought his yeah. ability to create a contest in the air and sort of clunk some of those bailout kicks down the line was really important. And like Bastanac, has just rejuvenated his career in the back half of this year. Yeah, um, I suppose with his appearance in that he is a balding man we tend to forget he is only 24 there's a yep. lot of there's a lot of footy left in josh walker oh and, absolutely um we move on to the one who would you have gone you said a few names before but if you had to st- stick out a one who would you have um i'll go rich rich i okay. think he's really improved <clears throat> in the back half of the season he was copying a lot of criticism early on in the season i think a lot of it was warranted, but mm. yeah, we spoke about the influence Witherden's had coming into the team. He's freed Rich up, and he just seems rejuvenated. Yeah. He's getting back to that form we know he can play, and he's just been freed up completely, so I'll give him the one. You'd probably have to say it's his most consistent year, I would have thought. Um, for my one, another bit of left-of-centre one, I went Darcy Gardner. I thought he was exceptional. His spoiling in the first quarter was... Absolutely terrific. And then to bob up for that goal as well. Yeah. I thought, as a defender, really good. Um, That's a good call. 
Yeah, probably. I'd probably almost go as far as to say like a, a PB game from Darcy. I thought he was superb. Just before we move on from the Melbourne game, I thought, I just remembered one of the key moments in the game when we were sort of making our charge in that fourth quarter. So Michael Close had the ball in midfield and sort of went too quickly, yeah. just yep. bombed it away. Mm-hmm. And sort of, I think that was the moment where we sort of blew our lines a bit yeah, I think the ball just sort of ran away from. Might have been Josh Walker playing, playing deep there. But um, yeah. Anyway, I think I think you're right. It would have. I don't think we deserved to win, and it would have felt like we pinched it if we did win. But in saying that, we took it right up to a finals team for four full quarters. Which, you know, with how things are going at the start of that fourth quarter last year, and years gone by, that's a forty, maybe ten goal loss. Yeah. So. Completely. Promising signs and, you know, hopefully something we can build upon for next year. But before we get to next year, there's one more game to play and it will decide the wooden spoon. What are the chances to be playing off for the wooden spoon in the last round of the year? Two teams, North and Brisbane. Yeah, I saw you on Twitter just before saying you want the Cam Rayner Cup just blocked out your feet and I yeah. definitely agree with you there. I think... Playing for a potential draft pick for a number one draft pick, I think it's just pathetic. You saw, mm. like you go back ten years, the the Cruiser Cup, Melbourne Carlton, and they were obviously tanking that night. Mm. And look where that's got them. That did no good for either club. Carlton had a few good years there, were playing finals, but Melbourne was obviously absolutely. Um, a shambles for, for 10 years and now they're just getting back to the top now. So, mm. yeah, it's been one of the more, you look down the bottom of the ladder, like it's been spoken about this year, the top of the ladder and how close it's been, but now it's just evening up down the bottom of the ladder. And you don't have to say, we're sitting on the bottom of the ladder at the moment, but we'd have to be one of the most competitive sides to actually be sitting in 18's position. It's a good point. At this, at this end of the season, like, I was playing some really good footy going to next season. You can't say that about too many teams. Like no. most 18th sides or sides in the bottom ladder are just waiting for the season to, to finish. But mm. I, you get the feeling that most of the guys are probably wanting it to go on for another five, six weeks because just that momentum and the, the confidence is just really up in the group. So is yeah, it? it's going to be a big game. But I think at Gabba, like, we'll win this. We, it, we should win it. North Melbourne hasn't. North Melbourne's gone the other way. They they start off the season playing some pretty competitive footy. They'll push mm. in most of the top sides, but just weren't coming out to results and really close losses. But yeah, they've had some blowouts in recent weeks, and we've been the absolute other way around. So without the Gabba, I, I think we should win this. Yeah, last time I checked, we were one dollar seventy favourites, and I'd expect that favourites. I'd expect that to shorten as. The days go on, but getting back to your point about our ladder situation, there's no world in which we are the 18th team. Like, Freo just lost their third game by 100 points this year. Freo's easily the worst side in the competition at the moment. Well, I was trying to work out if it was Freo, North, or Gold Coast. No, Freo by an absolute mile. They're just uncompetitive at the moment, and most of the other sides are. What's amazing for me is... As I just said, this is Frio's third loss by 100 points. We haven't lost that many games by 100 points in the last three years. And 
we've been absolutely terrible in that time for Freo to do yeah. that this year alone is just unbelievable. Um, yeah, just gobsmackingly bad at the moment. Under Ross Lyon, who plays a very defensive game style, had, I don't think he even received a 100-point loss before mm. last year, and now he's absolutely been on the end of plenty. It's an interesting one, Ross Lyon. They signed him to a long-term contract only this year, but he's not proven as a developing young talent sort of coach. No. Like he's come in with, you know, well-set-up lists and done well, taken both St Kilda and Freo to finals. But, yeah, this would be a whole new challenge. And it wouldn't even surprise me if, like he did at St Kilda a few years ago, just bailed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, like, you can't see it really getting much better at Freo. No. Um, anyway, back back on topic. We got <laughs> sidetracked pretty drastically there. Yeah, we, we should beat North. I, I'd be really disappointed. Um, we could actually even leapfrog the Gold Coast if they yeah. get absolutely hammered by Port. I think it'll take something in excess of 100 points, but you never know. Port are very good front runners. Oh, yeah, they Especially are. at Amy. And you never know. We might even put a few points on, on the Kangas at the end of the day. Yeah. But um, it's interesting listening to the two fan bases. I don't know if you have any North friends, but they seem pretty keen for the first pick, whereas we're yeah, all, all about the... Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's really strange. Yeah. Like, you look at the drafts over, you know, as far back as you want to go, there's very few times where the number one pick eventuates into the best player from that draft. Oh. I mean... Hardly ever. And you I mean, go back three years ago with St Kilda, they mm. got Paddy McCartan. He probably will still be a good player, but he's had his serious troubles mm. and yeah throughout the years like it's been rare for the number one draft pick to be the best player and irrespective of that like the cruiser cup cruiser was out and out the number one player no one even knows who the number one player in this draft is like obviously no. there's been media outlets call it the rainer cup but then seen a bit of a tide turn this week and some saying patty dow's now the number one pick so no one really has a clue who they're playing for this weekend. So I think, yeah, this, the idea of tanking for the first pick is just stupid. And I know North will, oh, sa- North so will say, you know, pre-season draft threat for Josh Kelly, but oh. I don't think they're getting Josh Kelly. No. Um, Why would you want to go there? No, exactly. So, yeah, I, I think we win, and we win by at least four or five goals. Yeah, I... I'd be disappointed, very disappointed if we didn't win this. At the Gabba as well. I think even if we're playing them in Melbourne at the moment, we'd, we'd win. Mm. And, yeah, it's, it's so interesting, the North supporters. Yeah, everyone I've spoken to, they are dead set on getting the spoon and mm. getting that number one draft pick. But I think just the media hype around drafts and uh, younger players coming, I think it's just – I'm just over it because it's just – Pure speculation. Mm. You don't know what this player is going to turn out to be like. Exactly. You've seen over the years that you'd have some duds that come in at number one. And mm. yeah, it's just all speculation and pure talent. Like, once they get to AFL, it's a whole different story. So, no, I think you just got to win at all costs. Getting a bit sidetracked tonight, but I've thought for a while now that this off season has the potential to be 
to backfire on North Melbourne remarkably. Like, they've been very public in the fact that they're going after Dustin Martin and Josh Kelly. If they turn around and get neither of them and finish last, they're going to, you know, their supporters are going to be hurting come next year. And I wouldn't be surprised if that severely affects their membership numbers for 2018. I think, yeah, I think they've got high potential to get burnt this off-season. I think they do. Um, Any changes to the team that played Melbourne? It was interesting to note. I don't know if it was visible on the television coverage, but when we were making our charge in the fourth quarter and the ball was sort of pegged in our 50, Eric Hipwood was down for a while, which really didn't help our ability to get a goal and inch back closer, but he was stuck down for about two or three minutes. Ended up playing out the game, so hopefully nothing wrong there, but it definitely didn't help our cause. Um, Yeah, any changes that you would make? Yeah, if Hipwood's a bit sore, you might go with caution and and bring Shaki back in. Mm. It's hard to see too many changes, really. No. I think even someone like Clay Beams is on his last legs and probably his last year with the club has been pretty handy back in the side. But um, I do think if Jared Berry is healthy, he'll probably come back in for someone. Yeah. Um, Maybe Clay Beams. It might just be, but I wouldn't fault him for being poor. He had one really good attack on the contest, which I think he ended up worse for wear with Bernie Vince. Got the ball going forward, was right below me. It was really good to see. But, um, yeah, even, like, I thought Reese Matheson was pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't tinker too much unless we were forced to. But if Barry's good to go, I'd probably bring him back in. Yeah, uh, good call, that one. Um, the other thing we're going to talk about during the week, which got a few tongues wagging down south, was Chris Fagan's comments when asked about Charlie Cameron. I think he pretty much said to the effect, you know, hypothetically, if a player of his talent wanted to come, we'd certainly look at it. His comments caught the ire of Adelaide coach Don Pike, who was pretty fierce and scathing in his presser on Friday night, and certainly the most animated I think I've ever seen Don Pike get in a press conference. What have you made of that little saga? Yeah, it's been a really interesting one. Yeah, probably if Fagan had his time again, he'd answer the, the question a bit differently because it isn't a good look commenting on, on contracted players, especially during the season. Mm. But obviously, in-house, Cameron is probably looking at coming back to Queensland. There's been a lot of speculation around him. So, obviously in-house that the Lions are going to be absolutely targeting. Yeah. If he wants to go back to Queensland, of course, we're going to look at every single thing we can do to get him. But at the same time, this is just what the AFL is now. Mm-hmm. It's an open market, and I think Don Pike has to, to realise that. He was he was pretty critical of Fagan and, and what he said. Shouldn't be talking about contracted players, but that's just how it's all playing now. Free agency and players regularly moving clubs so Mm. I think there's probably nothing wrong with that but you just got to get used to it I think what I think he was so um you know frustrated by Fagan's comments because deep down he probably knows that there's some truth to it and that there might be a bit of trouble here with Charlie Cameron in the offseason and also it's a bit of Pot kettle black when you think 12 months ago Bryce Gibbs oh, was going yeah. to Adelaide. So yep. I, I think 
I, I mean, Adelaide probably weren't as well, didn't make comments during the season in terms of Bryce Gibbs, but I might disagree with you a bit in saying that Fagan would phrase it differently. I think he was, you know, asked a question, he said, if such and such wanted to come here, sure, we'd look at it. I don't think he was too aggressive in his comments. And he actually was on radio down here in Melbourne this morning saying, like, you know, I think Don Pike's misinterpreted what I've said. Yeah. So he certainly wasn't backing down from it. But, yeah, as you said, like, you look at the NRL and players, you know, announce their intentions. Yeah, mid-season, keep playing for the club. Yeah, that's right. I think, you know, as a brand, we just have to sort of move past that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Um. Anything else before we sign off this week? Nope, just looking forward to the weekend and finishing the season off with a win. That would be that would be the ideal finish to the season. Mm. Uh, there's some serious momentum to take into next season. It's not just us as supporters saying that now. I think there's people in the media actually realising that, yeah, we're really on the right track this time and there's a pretty good young group to work with and Fagan's doing it great job and you just measure that from the start of the season and mm. how far we actually have come so it's going to be really exciting to, to hopefully get that win and get off the bottom of the ladder on Saturday I think there's no doubt we've improved like we talk about some stats last week on the show and how many quarters we've won and now we've actually got the second worst percentage behind I think Frio went below us yeah, after their, the worst. their loss and even from our perspective, our percentage has improved since last year. Um, yeah, to me, there's no doubt we've got it right this time and Fagan's, you know, steering the ship in the right direction. Um, yeah, exciting times and what better way to finish the year than by belting the pants off North Melbourne, relegating them to the spoon and Bob's your uncle. Absolutely. All right, mate. Talk to you next week. Say cakes.